How are you? I'm good. Uh, last night was Michael's birthday, so we uh, went out for drinks. Birthday, it was Michael. fun. Oh, yeah, he's uh, the ripe age of 33. Oh, um, I wish I was 33 again. I know. That was eight years wait, ago. Wait, wait, I am almost 10 years older than Michael. Yeah, yeah that's wild. You guys are a decade I, apart. That's that's bizarre. I don't feel like... You definitely don't I, act like you're 10 years apart. I thought you were saying, you definitely don't act like you're in your 40s. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I'm an eternal teenager. Great. Thanks. Well, that and Michael's an eternal old man, too. So. Oh, yeah. I think he goes about like eight. <laughs> yeah, he goes. He he has such a hard time with the fact that my favorite time to meet up with someone is at 8 p.m. He, like, doesn't <clears throat> understand that. He's like, why would you meet up with someone so late? And I was like, 8 p.m. is oh. the best time because you're no. done with dinner. You have some time to decompress. And then you go meet up. And he was like, that's bedtime. I, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I kind of am with Michael on that because, like, yeah. and even on um, New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. um, Scott and I went to the Brandy Carlisle concert. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. But yeah. we left the house at, like, 8.30. And I was like, where are, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I'll be like going out to meet up with someone, leaving the house at like 745. And Michael's like, how are you leaving so late? And I'm like, this is normal. This is when you meet with people. And then you can stay out till like midnight, you know, or 11. Um, I used to meet up with people at like 10 o'clock when I was younger. Same. Yeah. I think that now where I'm at in my life, I was like, I just shut down. Sure. Like, like it's eight o'clock and I'm like, all right, time for TV shows and sketching on the couch and then bed that's how michael is yeah so that's just kind of i don't know anyway yeah well how have you been pretty good um i've just been doing a lot of drawing um like making some new standees and stuff i'm trying to make a little bit of um extra cash because i have a trip planned for la at the end of this month to go meet up with a bunch of people and and i found a huge uh k-pop store in la i can't wait to go to that lovely um I'm going to go to an awesome drink and draw fun at a, like, like a bar in West Hollywood. It'll be really fun. So I'm cool. excited to go do that. It's kind of like a necessary trip to go meet up with some people that I yeah. uh, set up meetings with and whatnot. And, you know, I'll get to visit some friends and whatnot too. So that's, that's nice. Um, but I've been planning for that. Um, and also just like trying to, trying to just like comfortably relax. I have a hard time doing that. Yeah. And so I decided, <laughs> I decided I've never played a Pokemon game. Right? Okay. <laughs> Except for Pokemon Go on my phone. Sure. Who didn't? Right. And so I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to play one. So I asked my good friend Chucho. I asked him all about it. And he's like, oh, you should play Let's Go Pikachu. Because, so, like, I don't want to get too deep into it. But if I see a game that has, like, health points, stat points, bars, health bar, And I'm like, no, I don't want to do That's too much. I That's too much. I can't. Yes. And I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah. And I don't want to get too deep into the psychology of this, but it makes me feel really dumb mm-hmm. because I'm like seven year olds can do this. Right. And they like look, memorize all like all 208 billion Pokemon evolutions. Right. And they know how to do these battles and things and strategize. And I'm like, I don't know what like I what, what do you mean I'm supposed to know what battles uh, electricity type Pokemon? I'm like, I don't know. Right. So it just gets really frustrating. Um, And then I'm like this is a lot of research knowledge time that goes into a game where I'm supposed to be like having fun and relaxing. Right. And I'm like, well, if I'm, I feel like I'm working, if I'm working, I may as well go work and like actually write something and make some money. Yeah. So yeah. I'm trying to just give in and just like have fun and play. So I've been doing that a little bit and then, you know, just watching some tea. I'm rewatching a lot of star Trek right now. Cause 
I just felt like it. It's like my go to bed show, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my, like when I don't have anything else, you know, just like my go-to, but I started the, the national treasure TV show on okay. Disney channel. And I'm not like a big fan of those movies. Sure. Uh, Scott is, he loves them. And so I've watched them. I've seen them and, and they're fine. But like, um, the show is about, um, like this young, uh, undocumented Mexican girl okay. in the States who, whose dad was like a treasure hunter looking for Aztec Incan and Mayan okay. treasure. So I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And then Catherine Zeta Jones is in it basically playing Emma Frost. She has like, oh, a, nice. she has like a blonde Bob. And uh-huh. yeah. And then when the, when the Mexican girl, Jess faces off with her for the first time, she's like, she's like, what are you supposed to be? Someone from big little lies. It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Um, so I was, I've been watching that. I'm just like two episodes in. Yeah. Um, and then I watched all of Wednesday. Yeah, me too. I ate it up. Um, I, you know, which we did. This? Yeah, we did talk about it before. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, yeah, you know, it, there's it's definitely a new genre where totally. it's like, um, not only like school for misfits, but mm-hmm. like, um, teenagers solving crimes traipsing around the woods. Right. Like you how know, many shows that, can we say? That's that's like Netflix's brand. Right? It is. It is. Um <clears throat> so I thought I love that. I thought it was fun. Um but yeah, I don't know. What have you been watching? Um, well, I want to dive deep into the new Willow show. I want to talk yeah. a lot about it. Um, I've been watching a lot of stuff. I've been wrapping up a lot of shows. Um we're gonna th- talk about it. So spoilers, right? Like yeah, yeah. I got uh, to, I got to a certain point. I think you might be further than me because I think I'm maybe an episode or two behind. Well, I won't give away any spoilers, but uh, it's a good time to talk about Willow because I think this week is the finale. Um, oh, so I am completely caught up. And okay, I I'm at the point where they got to some like crazy city. Yes. Okay. That's Wait. that's kind of where I stopped. Like, is it a crazy city that they had to like go off a waterfall to get to? I'm not sure. Like the, I think it ended with the guy that they're looking for, and you see him in this. It looks all like sand and whatever, but it's like a, it's like a city that looks like it's all in ruins. Like in ruins. Yeah, that's kind of where I got to. Okay, well, okay, I'm gonna rewind because Willow the movie was probably I could. It, it's a tie with Never Ending Story with my favorite movie of all time as what? a child. Really? I didn't know that. Willow was very formative to my childhood. I was obsessed with it. I had it on VHS and I would watch it constantly. Um, and it's something I watch still to this day as a nostalgic movie. And I, I love it. It makes me cry. It's super heartwarming. Everything about that film I'm obsessed with. Um, so Willow, the movie came out in 1988. It was directed by Ron Howard, and this was in Ron Howard's like heyday. So he had made Splash right before Willow and Cocoon, and then yeah. he made Willow, and then he did uh, Parent Trap right after, or Parenthood. Um, so Ron Howard was just like busting out all these major films. George Lucas is the one who wrote Willow, and huh. the the idea behind it was that he couldn't get the rights to Lord of the Rings because he wanted to create a Lord of the Rings movie. George Lucas did, but he couldn't get the rights. So then he wrote Willow. So it's it takes a lot of inspiration from Lord of the Rings. You don't, you don't have the rights. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's, that's that's vivacious to me when I was selling Prince of Ornatia. Oh, amazing. <laughs> you don't have the rights. <laughs> that's perfect. A reference to this season too. Uh, right? We'll get there. Yeah. So... um. 
it, it's it was like Lord of the Rings before Lord of the Rings came out as a yeah. movie. It kind of so it has the little people, it has the elves, it has you know the the human warriors who are flawed. Um, so the movie was. You know, it was Val Kimmer's first film. It was his breakout role. I didn't it's know that what, was his very first movie. It it's the one that put him on the map. Like, oh, okay, it was his first. Uh, it was his first lead, major studio film. Like, yeah, lead in a, yeah. yeah. It, it was the first time people ever knew his name. So he was incredible in it, and the everything about that movie is is still so good. It's held up really, really well. So I had a lot of high hopes for a TV show and some apprehension. So. I'll say like what I believe that the show did well. And then I'll say what I think that they really missed. So I think what they did well is they do have fun little Easter eggs and throwbacks to the movie that you'd have to be like an obsessed fan like me to know like, oh, that line is what she says because that's what her dad said when he was older. So it picks up in essentially 20 years later and the characters that were the you know young 20 year olds in the first movie are now the adults and there's this new generation of young 20 something year olds who are the new cast of willow um but they still have some 80s uh flashback fun cameos christian slater's in one episode which is funny he did great but it was still really know that yeah he's like okay so i can see where you are in the show he'll he'll pop up and you'll be like huh there's christian slater was he was he in the original movie no he wasn't okay but you you know it's like they're gonna pull someone from the 80s to be in the show that's referencing the 80s a lot um and then you know we obviously have warwick davis back as willow who I, you know, he's been so iconic in Harry Potter movies and he was the leprechaun in the leprechaun film, but I always know him as Willow. And so seeing him back in this role was really satisfying. Uh, They brought back Sorsha, who was the queen at the beginning of the show, Uh, but she was the like main ingenue in the original Willow. She was one that Val Kinnamer falls in love with. Yeah. So it was fun to see her again. So the casting was great. Uh, There's one line that I think is great where... Um, Sersha's talking to her daughter in this series. It's like yeah. the first episode. Uh-huh. And she says something like, oh, you think I'm terrible? You should have met my mother. And I was oh like, god, oh my god. I died, I died. So good. Yeah, yeah. and then um, you know, there's a lot more diversity in this cast. We have Tony uh, Revolori, who was from Spider-Man. Um, and he was just kind of the like, aloof uh, jerk oh, like the, yeah, in yeah. high school. You know, and he was just kind of the like, typical high school uh, popular kid and so it's fun to see him actually take on a role that has more depth and he's um he's actually a Guatemalan and then uh, oh I didn't know that I, I yeah he was like from India me too uh <laughs> <laughs> but no both of his parents are from Guatemala and then we have um the actor's name is Amar uh Shadha Patel and he's from he's Hindu he's English and Indian oh, yeah, yeah. uh he's he's like the Valkymer type character in the show from uh from before and then there's Aaron Kellyman and she's been blowing up so she is oh right she was in like black wasn't she in like a civil war she, not civil she's war she's in uh, uh uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier Winter Soldier that's it but then yeah. she was also in Solo the Star Wars story right so she's like dipping her toe into all these franchises like she's in the Willow franchise now she's in Star Wars she's in Marvel she like, said yes she, thank you I will be in every Disney I will be in ever. everything and she's <laughs> great because she's you know she's like half Irish half Jamaican uh, she's she like a, she, she, she's very pretty has a really unique kind very of very unique yeah. look yeah uh, a little gender bendy too like she's not super feminine Um, and in this show she's like a soldier she's a warrior 
And she is the main love interest of the princess, who's also very. I was uh, shocked that they kind of did that. That's cool. I, I I loved it too, and I loved like, I mean, you'll see later, but there's a moment where their sexual tension gets very real, and they went there, and I love it because it's like, it feels kind of crazy to see it between two girls for some reason, because we're just not used to seeing it in these types of shows, but like. It's the same thing we've seen for decades of a straight couple doing at the same age. Um, so, yeah, the representation's great. I love that there's a a queer relationship that's the center of the story. Uh, it's not a side story. It's like the two main characters are queer. Um, so that all's great. The special effects are fun. So real, I don't want to d- diverge too far, but it makes me think like, okay, so Willow came out in the 80s, right? Uh-huh. <clears throat> and let's say that there's somebody who loved that movie. Yeah. And let's say that over the time they have kind of just become like a conservative. Yeah. Whatever. Sure. And then they're like excited to watch this new series. And then they see that the love story, the main love story is like mm-hmm. these two young women. Do you think right. they're like, I can't watch anything anymore? Oh, without- I'm sure. And it's you know on, mean? it's on Disney too. So like, I think a lot of conservatives, I mean, maybe they're kind of understanding that Disney's not going to shy away from the queer culture anymore, but um. I think you think that everything that's on Disney is safe content for all families or um, I think you think that Disney would try to stay more in the middle, play it safe. And they really didn't yeah. with the show. And I appreciate that a lot um, because the representation of the show is all over the place. And I love that, um, especially in fantasy shows. And I know we've talked about this before, but like, you know, in like the recent uh, um the house of dragons when people were like freaking out that there were black people with white hair. And it's like, these are all fictional races that we're coming up with. Like they can have black skin and people have such a hard time with that. And it's like, we're so used to it being so white in, in all these fantasy shows. So Willow really pushes that boundary. I love that. But kind of going back to what you were saying and like what I think that is missing from the show, or I think that like, and I get why they did what they did, but so if you think of it, the the main cast are what I would consider very Gen Z. They're like, yeah, you know, they they read like they're eighteen to twenty two. Uh, a lot of the show is centered around their relationships and their bickering and their sexual tension, and it feels like that is the main focus of the show. And so it feels almost like a teen drama or a teen soap opera, and at times like their fighting gets. I just that's not what I'm watching the show for. And I think if you're going to reprise a storyline like Willow, you're going to bring people like me into the picture who are diehard fantasy fans who wants to see Willow. And I want to see Willow be a badass sorcerer because he was starting to be in the movie. And it just kind of fell flat as like a Willow fan. So I feel like if you're going to throw something back or bring something back from the past, uh, having it be a show that's trying to get a Gen Z audience, it just kind of missed that mark for me. Cause I don't feel like it's going to satisfy either. Like a young audience isn't going to get the references. They're not going to like just choose to watch this show. The only people that are going to watch it are people who loved the movie and that's an older generation. <clears throat> so we're just not going to relate to like yeah, do you think the young suffers, drama. Do you think it suffers from like some executive being like, well, we have to make it accessible for someone who's never seen the movie. Absolutely. And I think they're trying to have it be, uh, more geared towards a younger audience, more so than people who were fans of the show, because you know the movie came out in the '80s, so like it came out in '88. Nobody knows about Willow unless you were a kid at that time and watching fantasy movies. Yeah. Like it really didn't last as like an iconic movie that everyone knows. So 
it, it's kind of an obscure film to to bring back which i was so excited about but then yeah it just didn't feel like it was made for me um and i'm not sure what they could have done any differently to make me feel like it was made for me but um it just i think what it is for me is there'll be like in these epic scenes where they're in the middle of a volcano literally and there's lava falling all around them and they're needing to run and escape and run out the mountain to survive but they're standing in the middle of it and fighting and like arguing about who has feelings for who. No, and it drives that me, me crazy. That to me is like in Harry Potter six when, yeah. when like Hermione is like, why doesn't everyone like me? And I'm like, Voldemort's I, right over here to your left uh, killing people. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I get, I get that there's teenage feelings and everything. Great, but Voldemort's talk, fucking killing people. Seriously, talk about it later. There's a time where they like <laughs> infiltrate the like goblin caves, and they're like trying to save one of their friends in a cage, and they're like literally having to sneak around and be silent, and they will stop and argue, and they're like not. There just isn't the like tension. It, it doesn't and that, make any sense. No, and it does. That doesn't. It actually just doesn't read. Uh, believable at all. I, it doesn't carry me along here's with the, the here's story. Here's the thing that I find interesting too, is when did you see Willow? Me? Yeah. Like when I was a kid? Like I yeah. was, like in 1988. Like right. I was six years old. That, and I don't think that the young 20-year-old characters whatever in Willow were doing as much teen angst or whatever in that movie no. as there is in this show. However, you were a child yeah. and you still loved watching a fantasy movie. Right. It's not like it's not like they needed to put like kid things or teen no. things for you to love it. No, it took me somewhere else. It took me into another world. It wasn't about relating to it in my interpersonal life. Right. There was there was a relate there's a romance storyline between Valkymer and Sorsha, but it was kind sure, of just like, like fun little taste that you'd see sometimes. It would just pop up and you'd be like, is there something between those two? And then you kind of forget about it because you get so caught up in the action. It'd be so yeah. fun. And then and then it'd come back around and be like, oh, they do like each other. I didn't even think about that. But this show is so focused on that. And it's just like, come on, get to the action. Get. To, I want to see, you know, I want to see more monsters. I want to see more wizardry. I want to see like yeah. lightning come out of your out of your staff. Like it takes and, like five episodes for for Willow to do some magic to do anything. And then they act like yeah, and and like it does happen more often as it goes on. But it feels like by the time they're actually getting to what you're watching the show for, it feels almost too late. It's it's I've 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 already not uh, bought into the show as much as I wish I did. So. I'm gonna finish it. I if they didn't get you're far enough along now that it's like yeah. I think there's one more episode, and and I look forward to watching it. I really do. Like I do get excited because there are little, uh, you know, Easter eggs throughout the whole show for you know fans of the movie, and and it's getting better actually as it's going along because the action is picking up and the magic's picking up, but it's it's still a lot about their relationships, and to me that just feels boring, and that's also like. As we're saying about Wednesday, like that is in every fucking show. Like, can we watch something fantasy that just has nothing to do with like teen angst and crushes? Like, it gets yeah. kind of played out for me. But um, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't get a season two, and I would be kind of okay with it. But I do think it'll be a show that I'll continue to watch as long as it comes out because it's Willow, and I feel like I just have to. Yeah, I think um. I don't know what I was going to say about it. <laughs> I guess, I guess I sort of feel the same way you do is some of it fell a little flat to me. And I think the things that fall flat are, which I usually don't mind are mm -hmm. like the teen kind of angsty stuff. Sure. 
yeah like you said that's not what i really come to willow for yeah yeah um there there's one episode with uh, spoilers guys okay mm-hmm. There's one episode with Hannah Waddingham, who I think is great. She plays like the woodcutter kind of Oh, lady. I love her, yeah. And, and oh, I was like, amazing. oh my gosh. They, I was like, they got Hannah Waddingham. Oh my gosh, this mm-hmm. is going to be so great. Because I thought she was going to like join their group and whatever. And then that's like not what happens. Right, 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 right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'll still watch it. I'll still finish it or whatever. But uh, I think the fact that I forgot about it for the past three weeks says mm-hmm. something. Um, right. There's another TV show called... Um, reservation dogs which is oh, really yeah. good have you seen yeah. that show i've watched uh i've watched a few episodes my friend jan is in it that's right 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 yeah so you 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 i don't know if you remember but there's a character one of the young women in it her name is alora dannon oh really that's amazing <laughs> yeah because because i think the joke is that like one of her parents loved that yeah. movie and then oh. named her and then just named her that that's so perfect i would totally name my child alora because I feel like only certain people would know. It's not like naming your kid Katniss from right. whatever. But um, there's there's a scene that I that I re- like probably my favorite scene in the whole show so far is when spoiler guys, um, Alora <laughs> is with Willow and Willow's daughter, and Willow's daughter is like excited and she tells Alora yes. like I'm the one that found you and I'm right, like, this is right. so sweet. It's so cute and, and I and I was like. Because she's a child in that mm-hmm. movie, right? Mm-hmm. And now she's like a woman. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this would be so cool if like she goes on the adventure with them. Right. Not what happens. Not what <laughs> I'm happens. like, come on. Well, and you know what? That's that's uh Warwick Davis's real daughter in real that's life. So great. That plays his, her her oh his gosh. daughter on the show. I know. I was really hoping we'd see his wife again and the son. Like his family yeah. was so sweet. And maybe they're not around, maybe they're not with us anymore. I don't know. Um, it is, I, I know, I don't know. I, I appreciate that they cast actual little people for these roles too, instead of having to do all the special effects to try to make, you know, a five foot actor look like they're three feet or two feet. Um, because it, you know, this, I mean, it, it might be problematic. I don't know because they get typecast all the time in these roles, but also that's what the original movie did. And they brought these people back who were in the original movie. So I thought that was sweet. Um, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, it doesn't make me feel like get that into this movie. All that makes me want to do is just go back and watch the original movie because that's that's that was where the magic really was. Yeah. So, but whatever. Mm. I think it's <clears throat> worth it. But it it was funny because I was watching it uh, coinciding with um, Rings of Power. I would go back and oh. forth. So I'd watch Rings of Power, and then I would, which is the Lord of the Rings spinoff or prequel, and then I'd go watch Willow, and I'd be like. This is what Willow thinks it is like, like yeah. they, it thinks it's this level of epic fantasy storytelling. And it's really not. It's like a cheesy comic strip version of it. Um, well, you can tell that like they were probably like, OK, guys, we don't have like a really huge budget. So right. Yeah. You guys are going to walk through the forest this whole episode. Like <laughs> this whole episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's another thing. Because the, lot... for- the forest is cheap. We don't need special effects for that. Totally. And I think that's another thing that I didn't really get or I didn't appreciate about the show is that like they um, a lot of the storylines of the episodes didn't really carry the story long of the overarching story. So like there would be a, a whole episode about one of the characters being captured and they're them needing to rescue them. That happens mm. multiple times with multiple characters, with multiple people who capture them. And then they get them at the end of the episode and they just move on with the story. It didn't add anything. 
So one episode yeah, it, didn't, it didn't move the story forward in any no way. it didn't it just felt like a filler or like they tried to have a short that's story my problem that... with like okay so like uh, 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 there's this like new matilda yeah movie on netflix and it's a musical mm-hmm. it's based on the broadway show mm-hmm. and everybody that i've talked to that's seen it is like oh my gosh i loved it and i'm like i did not like it i'm sorry and I mostly because it. mostly because all the song like to me a musical is there's there's one thing that makes a musical really good and it's if one, the music is great, so fine. Mm-hmm. The, and the second thing, I guess, two things, is if the songs move the story forward, like things happen in the song. Yes, yeah, because otherwise, then it's just a song, and like, who cares? Right. Like, right. So, for instance, the whole reason that, like, in the Buffy musical, like mm-hmm. that—that's important because that's the moment in the in a song when her friends find out that she was in heaven and not right. Now. Right. You know what I mean? You oh, can't like right. you can't take that out. You can't take the song out and still have mm-hmm. that be the case. Right. So. The thing I don't like, Broadway gays, don't come for me. <laughs> I love many a Broadway show. Sure. But my least favorite kind of show or, or musical is the sing-songy, like, kind of Stephen sondheim type of, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and now I'm going into the woods, and I'm carrying yeah. a basket, and I'm yeah. going to grandma's house. It's like, yeah. okay, we can see what you're doing. Yeah, we, we know. We got it. We know. Yeah. So yeah. maybe sing about what you're feeling. Or right. You know. So, and the Matilda thing was a lot of that. And I was like, I don't, I don't need this. I don't yeah. want it. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, I did see a great movie, though, that I want to talk to you about, unless you're not done with Willow. <laughs> oh, I'm done with Willow. I'll wrap that up. Um, Just go watch the movie. Scott and I watched a great movie called The Menu. Oh, I saw that. I You, you didn't like it? I loved I it. I did like it. I liked it a lot. It just was hard to be the thing that I watched right before bed because oh, it was sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. a lot of feelings coming. Oh, from I it. know. I had to go watch the Golden Girls while I was in bed yeah, before it, I fell asleep. You, you need a pun intended uh, palate cleanser after that. Oh, movie. absolutely. So I think that there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of pretension mm-hmm. in cooking. Like mm-hmm. this like insane importance placed on yeah you know, like yes chef you know kind of thing it's like all right mm-hmm. i get it like I, I girl i went to art school so i know pretension you know i know pretentious bullshit and Dude. even even artists aren't yeah. that yeah. pretentious and so there's one moment spoilers guys in the movie where someone i won't tell you who calls out the chef and is like you mm-hmm. don't cook with love you cook with obsession right like your food sucks and i'm still yeah. fucking hungry right <laughs> like and it was yeah. great it was like a really i mean satisfying no it's like a thriller Mm-hmm. And it's it's really fun. It like that has way. it has horror elements. It has thriller elements. Yeah. It's it's a comedy. It's it's a it's bizarre movie. But it's yeah. a bizarre movie. So, I, I love Anya Taylor Joy and she's in it. Too. And I me also too. love Hong Chow and mm-hmm. she it, um is the actress who plays like the sous chef. Yeah, and she's really good. She's in a she's lot of incredible. Yeah. I love that it was Nicholas Holt. I love that uh, Judith Light is in it. I know. Uh, I was like, she's in movies now. <laughs> yeah, John Leguizamo. Like the cast is great. It almost um, it almost had this. I mean, it didn't have the same kind of feel, but I I like that there's now these sort of like thriller mystery whodunits kind of mm-hmm. coming back. Like I we mm-hmm. watched Glass Onion too, and I thought it was awesome. Yeah, um, you know, it was it was just really well done and really fun and yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. When when I lived in New York, I was a waiter at a restaurant that was always being reviewed in the New York Times. The chef had won the James Beard Award for the best chef in New York City. And it was, I, I saw so much of what I used to do in that movie because it's that kind of environment is so toxic and it's so stressful. The stress that a waiter experiences is unlike any stress I've ever had in my life. Like we changed the menu every single day. The chef would have to sit down with the entire wait staff 
to talk about the entire menu and he'd, oh he'd literally tell us all these new things and then we'd have to write it down for like so quick no, and and, and then and then you'd and like we were not allowed to speak to him we couldn't go into the kitchen what? and just ask a question we couldn't we had to ask one of the runners who had a relationship with him if there was like you know peanuts in the salad or anything like that we could not go we weren't allowed in the kitchen um and we were we, we referred to him as chef and oh my god he, i can't he would fire people all the time on the spot i feel like I related to the on each other joy character because she's the one that's like, what the fuck is this? Who cares? I know. I and mean, then though, I feel like the world was Nicholas Holt's character. Who's like, you can't speak to him that way. Oh, I had to serve every single kind of person in that movie. I had to serve the famous people who loved being famous. I actually served John Leguizamo in that restaurant that I worked in in New York. So oh, wow. like someone in that movie, I actually did serve in that kind of a setting. Um, well, hey, Chichi Rodriguez. I know he was great, actually. He sat with Mara Batali and all these other famous people. Um, but yeah, I, I served the foodie enthusiast. I served the like old couple who didn't appreciate any of the food that they ate. They couldn't even tell you anything they had. Like it was actually every single person was such a well-written stereotype of people who go to high-end restaurants all the time. And then it takes it to an absurdity level, which I was not prepared for but it was it was a fun surprise and i was along for the ride but it was it did have a feeling of dread that i feel like has been a common theme in a lot of recent movies that there's just this and i I, i'm not sure if that's even what i want to say or what i want to call it but there's a lot of movies that just make me feel heavy and dreadful and that that had that element it wasn't as it wasn't light and fun like glass onion like glass onion there is murder and there is scandal and there's fucked up people but it's light and fun and you're just like laughing along with it the menu had moments of this is really fucked up like this is deeply fucked up and and it and it lingers with it and it makes you sit with it and that to me was like oh okay like it wasn't i was expecting a glass onion experience and i got something a little bit more a little darker yeah it's a little darker but i Um, I did enjoy it are you gonna see megan (laughs) uh yeah i don't know if i'll see in the theaters because I just don't ever see so, anything in the theaters anymore. Same. And I read a thing that now the average sort of time from when a movie goes into theaters to when it goes up on streaming is like 42 days. Yeah. So that's fine. I'll probably watch it when it comes to my house. We have a we have a big projector with a huge ass couch. Like I have my own movie theater. I do love the experience of going to a theater, but I don't have to. Yeah. And why would I drive, you know, 30 minutes to go to a theater, spend 20 bucks and yeah. Or I could just stay home and do the same thing. I spent 20 bucks on my streaming services. So Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I'm excited. Like, Apparently it's like um, I'm excited about a it. Hoot. Like everybody's saying it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Scott and I the other day were like, or, or he mentioned to me and I had heard about it, but he was like, Have you heard that this Puss in Boots cartoon has like a 96% rating? Oh, apparently on it's it's like the best movie ever. And I'm like, well, we gotta watch it then, I guess. <laughs> Apparently it's amazing. Yeah. Um, people are saying like it's just as fun as uh Spider-Verse. Okay. I, I'm like, all right. I, I just feel like I will never watch it. <laughs> like, I'm going to watch it just to see. It, it could win all the Oscars and I'd still be like, I'm not watching a Puss in Boots movie. I feel like I just, out of. I don't know why I'll watch it. You just should. It tell on. me about it. You'll probably tell me it's amazing and I'll still <laughs> not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut to you like Clockwork Orange style with me I holding, know. Your, holding your eyeballs I open, know. making you watch this movie because it's. I'm going to be like, this is the best movie I've ever seen in my entire life. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> um, like, no, Terry. 
I think um, b- before we wrap this one up, uh, you watched the first episode of Drag Race. I sure did. That's season what I was 15. Say. Yeah. What, what were your takeaways? Um, <clears throat> I mean, so many things. My first thing was, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you've seen the first episode of Drag Race because, you know, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. But when the twins walk in, I was like, gee, I wonder if Rue's going to make them lip sync against each other. I know. You know, give me a break. So it's like, it's very you know you can you, you know what you're scripted. gonna get now yeah it, it's a formula um, it's definitely season of the twink uh yeah like whoa mm-hmm. also is, or is it just like am i getting old right like you know it's, that's another kind of weird factor to it um uh, it, it was interesting the way they did it because they at first i thought they were going to do like two split premieres but that's not quite what they did right they, they had them split at the beginning and then they bring yeah. them together right um that was kind of fun mm-hmm. um i just i just feel like so there's a moment when you know the first eight have been working on their, their choreography for this thing and then rue's like here's the rest of them haha now you have eight more dancers right and i feel like because <clears throat> they all start fighting and I feel like I'd be like, guys, obviously this was done. If I if I was there, I'd be like, guys, obviously this was done to like rattle us. Let's just right. not. Let's just right. work and get this done. Yeah. And like have a good time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but so I think I don't think I'm good for TV because I would be like pointing that shit out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I obviously I love Selena because mm-hmm. she's representing, you know, a lot of Mexican yeah. kind of awesomeness. Um, who else did I like? It was. I, oh, I, just... I loved. I I didn't think I would. I. So I do suffer from like, oh, this young 12-year-old twink, they're not going to, you know, they're going to mm-hmm. suck, whatever. They're just like probably an Instagram queen or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then Marsha had like all this dance oh, background. Love her. Like, was like, you know, could choreograph, could dance. Her concept for her talent show was hilarious. So, so I was good. like, oh, I think I kind of really like this queen, like really good. Um, like they were really good. Yeah, I loved um, her. So yeah, there's a few that I really like. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um Oh, I like I like Anitra. I think she's really good. I like what she wore on the runway. Which um, one is she? She was the one who did like the karate chops. And oh stuff. yeah, she was busy. She she her <clears throat> face reminds me of detox. A little bit, yeah. She's got like kind of like the a, nose, the nose. Yeah. But, um, the there's the one queen that like showed the bicep once, and I was like cute, and then twice, and I was like, all right, I get it, and then the third yeah, time, stop. I was like, enough, right? That's like enough. Yeah, stop. Um. But yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Apparently, all the queens are saying like this season has crazy, crazy unhinged drama. Great. And I'm kind of ready for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm so ready for that. We haven't yeah. had really any real good drama in a long time. Right. What did you think? Um, I, I loved that they were able to introduce all the queens in one episode. I get really tired of waiting a whole week to meet the other half. Um, I love that they didn't do the like lip sync smackdown. Let's have everyone compete right away. Like it was the less gimmicky premiere than they had. Someone actually went home and someone actually went home. Yeah. So I felt like it was a very satisfying premiere in that respect. I loved that we got to meet them all, uh, see them all perform, see them all do a talent. Um, that was great. I think it's interesting to see people coming on the show now saying this is how many followers I have on TikTok and that being your clout. So it used to be Instagram used to be I'm an Instagram model. Now it's I'm famous on TikTok. So that's a very, you know, and so partially I'm like, okay, that's just a sign of the times. But also I do wonder if they're intentionally casting drag queens that are popular on TikTok to bring in that young crowd too. I'm sure because they have that many followers. Like, right. um, I, am friends with um this guy who made some animated shows yeah 
and he wanted to cast some people who were really good voice actors, right? Mm-hmm. But the executives at the streaming service that he was working with, I'm choosing my words very carefully here, mm-hmm. were like, well, what about this person? They have like a ton of followers. And he's like, so what? So like, what? Well, but that but that means that the, that all those followers will likely tune in and see. And it's just so gross that like it's, that's now the metric that people. It feels really do. desperate for these people in charge and the executives and the producers to be going towards these avenues to get talent because for one, you can fake followers very easily. Yeah. You can you can make it look like you have like I know the same thing is happening with bands trying to book gigs and then they look at how many followers they have on Spotify. And if you only have enough, you have to have a certain amount. You have to have a hundred thousand listens <clears throat> for you to get a, a booking. Terrible. But then if you but there's ways and there's uh people you can pay to make it look like you've had that yeah. many listens. So it's all fake and also apps they come and go tiktok is gonna have its time where it dies it's not gonna last forever like we need to stick to now now instagram's old hat yeah yeah and tiktok's gonna be the same uh probably pretty soon it's like exponentially having expiration dates for all these things so i just feel like we need to look outside of tiktok which or any way of casting people based on these these i don't know apps but yeah i agree so so it's fine i i do think you know i look at tiktok every day i'm very addicted to it but um i don't know i, th- I that's just something i noticed that was different but you go uh, to TikTok for a certain reason it's not like you go there to to like look for the next talent that you want to see on drag race it is you know? it is yeah it is a fascinating platform because you know instagram anything anytime before tiktok was you, you get your friends to follow you. You get people you meet out at the bar to follow you. It's like through connections. TikTok is you're just throwing your content out to random strangers. Let me tell you what kills me about TikTok, which is another reason why I'm like, fine, I won't invest my time in it then. Mm-hmm. Is so I'm, <laughs> I made a puppet during quarantine, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> and I did a video where she's like singing, lip syncing, whatever, to this mm-hmm. like, to this song. It's like, um, it's a song. It's called I'm Not Good. It's by Tam- Tamara Bubble. And um, the, the music was in my clip, right? Mm-hmm. So then I uploaded it to TikTok and th- then TikTok's like, you can't use this, copyright violation. And I'm like, wait a minute. But I could upload the video with no sound and then search for the song on TikTok. Exactly, exactly. And then add it to there yeah. and then it would yeah. be fine. Right. W- w- why? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I hate that well, shit. Well, we were thinking about that just a couple nights ago. Me and Elise were trying to find the best Tammy Brown clips because we just were talking about tammy brown you go to youtube you can't find anything because of copyright but you go to tiktok and site search for tammy brown it's full of all the clips you're looking for and it's mm-hmm. like what is the difference here i've only posted one thing on tiktok and it was from when a kid came to my doorstop or my my doorstep to take all my halloween candy which was left over from the night before it was like november 1st and it was really cute and it was really funny because he thought he was getting away with something and then i talked to him through my ring speaker and i was like hey just take it all and he was like really oh my gosh and he just loaded it into his backpack and ran off yeah so it was funny and i was like this seems tiktok worthy so i posted it and it was very satisfying to watch just strangers commenting on it it was fun yeah. to have people be like oh this is so cute this is so funny and i was like i don't know any of you that is bizarre like these aren't my friends commenting these aren't people that i know it's just random strangers and i could see how that could be so addicting but also so scary and toxic like yeah. it could be anybody saying anything so it's 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 bizarre but anyway back to drag yeah. race the other thing that um 
I'm getting tired of is I love the talent shows, but I, I, I feel like they either need to say, let's take a break from lip syncing to your own pop song that you're trying to promote, or let's just only do that because right. it becomes very heavy sided on very disjointed. It's very disjointed. I'd say like, you know, over two thirds of the performances were the drag queens performing. They were lip syncing to a song that they recorded, that they wrote. And it's the, some pop song that, the, you know, every most drag queens are trying to have a music career too. So they take the talent shows an opportunity to showcase their single mm -hmm. and that's fine, but it becomes very one note. And then when people don't do that, it's so refreshing. Like Marsha, Marsha, this is, Marsha. Right. That's another reason why I liked Marsha's performance because she she said she's been on Broadway. I think she is a singer. Yeah. But she didn't take that moment to like, I'm going to show you a song I have. Yeah. Like, it, it, you know, she did a performance that was fun. That I that think was... if you were going to do a talent show on Drag Race, the smart thing to do is to not just do a lip sync and a dance. I feel like the ones that I remember are like yeah. Detox doing the like drum solo with the neon paint. Right. She slaps on her butt. Or it's... um. Uh, I, I, like it may not have been like super like oh my god work but i remember trixie playing her like her like whatever weird instrument you yeah know? yeah or like latrice came out and did color guard and it was right. amazing um mm -hmm. like uh who was it manila did like a painting and she like right. painted something upside down turned it back side over and you're like oh it was a painting the whole time like those to me are are memorable i'm not like oh that girl's lip sync was amazing because it's all kind of the same yeah you know so i, I that's, get... that's why that's why even even someone like anitra who did that yeah she combined it though she did with, she had with like um her taekwondo or whatever totally and that's that's why i think they also had felt like jack stood out because she combined yeah. that with like jump roping with jump her roping. hair right and and i love that that worked really well so i don't know that that's the only thing that i get kind of yeah. tired of it's like when there's a talent show i'm just like okay then just don't like, call it a talent show just say today's challenge is you're going to perform an original song right yeah and you know do your right. thing yeah show us your best lip sync that you have right um because that ends up being and it's like we see so much lip syncing on the show we see it every single episode so i would love the talent show to be something a little different show off something else but right um but overall i i really enjoyed it i felt like it's a, a solid cast i'm interested to see where people go i i am excited about marsha 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 um who's the one that's like baby doll foxy uh yeah ba i don't know i yeah, liked her a lot name. yeah it was fun yeah. yeah and i just like saying the word estities estities well hello so yeah. She said, obviously, she named herself that because Selena, you know, Selena. Yeah. And then STDs because, like, who doesn't love titties? But also because it was a play on STDs, which oh. is what Rue said on the runway anyway. Funny. Um, but I, uh, here's the thing. I think anyone who goes on Drag Race now and doesn't or, or decides they're going to become a drag queen, mm -hmm. but doesn't think about having a name that RuPaul will think is fun to say. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Some of these names that are like three names long. And I, I'm just like, that's, that's hard to remember. Like yeah, Trixie Mattel. That is the easiest name to remember. Detox, uh, Jinx Monsoon. These names were, they're quick, they're funny, they're punny. And you remember them and you associate them with a person when they're these like long names. I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to remember that. Well, right. Think about how um, Rue couldn't stop saying Willow Pill. 
Yeah. She couldn't stop you know? saying it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there was one thing, I think it was like Lucy. She was up for not up for elimination, but she was like one of the bottom three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, she, they, they talked about how, you know, she didn't do well or something. And then um, she's like upset and she's crying or whatever. But mm-hmm. then at the end of what she, of her, like crying, mm-hmm. she throws a joke out there. And then, yes, you know, it they changed la- everything. Hello. Jinx wasn't like the most fabulous, like, no, look, look queen. Yeah. But then she would always throw out a joke and it would make Rue laugh. Yeah, like that's, when, all that, that's all RuPaul wants to do is laugh. When she did that, I said out loud, I was like, oh, she's not the bottom. And Michael was like, right. because of that right there. And I was like, yes, because yep. of that right there, she just saved herself. Mm-hmm. She became relatable. She became down to earth and funny. And yeah. that's that's all we really look for. Right. Anyway, well, that's all I got for this one. I really want to have another episode of let's, what I want to talk about. Let's do it. All, all right. right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.